Today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what sets Clark's apart. We are teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off on select items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot. By going to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash C-L-A-R-K-S. Welcome to Yule Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah? We are recording in the evening today. I know, it's weird. We started out this way, mm-hmm. and then we went to Sunday mornings, and like going back tonight. I just don't know what to do. I know. It's weird. It's very strange. See, we went we went to Sunday mornings because it would take me forever to finish my notes. <laughs> so I'd be doing them like on Saturday. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, hey, ready to record Sunday morning? Because <laughs> I just finished them. It works either way. You got to do what's best for you. Yep. Some weeks, the stuff is easy to find and easy to write. Other times it's struggle buses. Struggle bus is real. So, so this is week two of Wicked Mac Madness. Mac. Wicked Mac. And (laughs) we are going to be continuing our witch tour. Oh man, such a sad tour. I know. By exploring the Vardo witch trials. Vardo, where's that? I will tell you. But I want to know now. <laughs> it's in Norway. Ah, okay. So we're moving up. Yep. We're going real north, real far up north. Up north there. About as far up north. You can go, eh? I apologize in advance. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Words are going to be wrong. The cubby is wide open. Yep. <laughs> ready, ready for new entries. It is ready for me to fuck up everything. Yeah. Information this week was pulled from the following sources, a 2020 Pan Macmillan article, 2020 Girl Museum article, 2018 History Collection article by Natasha Sheldon, 2016 The Norwegian American article by Jill Beattie, Witchcraft and Witches article by Wise Witch, Northern Norway website, and Wikipedia. All right. So more witches. Mm -hmm. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Awesome. As I already explained, the story does take place in Norway. So my apologies in advance to our 10 listeners that live in Norway and anyone else who lives in Scandinavia. Wow. We have 10 in Norway. Mm-hmm. How much you want to bet it was like one person that got all of their friends or family to, to listen to us? Maybe. That'd be cool. If you are from Norway, just stop by and say hi. So we know. Hi. Who you thank are. you. We appreciate you. I'm going to do about your best. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking at the same time. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about your witches. That sucks. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel any better. 
uh, it happened here too. Actually, that doesn't make anyone feel better. But <laughs> so make there you go. Better. <laughs> we had it too. <laughs> I am going to do my best to not butcher your language. Good luck. But uh, the cubby is open. <laughs> As we're pretty aware, England and America weren't the only places that persecuted and prosecuted witches. Mm-hmm. Today, we're traveling to Norway to discuss a variety of supposed witches that ultimately lost their lives during a time of hysteria and superstition. Awesome. Yay. Perfect. Vardo, or the witch capital of Norway. <laughs> okay. Off to a great start. Yep, really good start there. Is located on the northeastern tip of Norway and butts up against the White Sea near the Arctic Circle. So it's way, way up there. Honestly, that'd be like the perfect spot for witches, though. This small village would see more than 140 witch trials starting in 1593. Ouch. I would assume the population probably isn't super big being that far up north either. Correct. So it's like, instead of love thy neighbor, it's accuse thy neighbor of witchcraft. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Got it. Finnmark in northern Norway became the epicenter of one of the largest witch hunts in Scandinavia following a horrific storm that took place on Christmas Eve in 1617 around the Varangir Fjord. A fjord? It's a fjord! Wow! I love that word. Not many. There are not many fjords by us. No. It's a fun word. I like that word. It is a fun word. Fjord. The storm came without warning and claimed the lives of 40 men off the island of Vardo after oh. 18 fishing boats were destroyed. Only five boats returned, and this loss of life devastated the population of the vardo Keyborg region, as the number of inhabitants was only 150 to begin with. Yeah, and I would assume that those are pretty much all of the breadwinners, or the majority of them at least, if that was like a fishing town. It was like a bulk of the men. Oh. In the middle of winter, too. Yeah. Ouch. Norwegian authorities already view the island with a sense of suspicion, given the fact that the indigenous Sami and the Christian communities were somehow able to live harmoniously with one another, even though the Sami were considered pagan. And following the boating disaster, talk of witches began to spread. Of course. Gotta blame somebody else, not nature. Yep. It wasn't long after that women started being put on trial for witchcraft. Yeah. But why would this matter? (laughs) See, in the 1600s in Europe, it was believed that, quote, evilness could be found in the north, end quote. And you couldn't get much further north than Vardo. The men of Scotland, Denmark, and Germany often hunted witches. And the Dutch who traveled between Vardohus and Russia for trade warned their men of witchcraft and that Satan wandered the land of Finnmark. Really? Yep. Huh. So not all, not all Christians liked the, the Sumai? Suma? The Sami. Sami. Sami people. Yep. So they were the indigenous people of the area. Isn't that just true to form? Yeah. This is our land, but like, screw you guys, you're witches. We're just going to murder all of you. Yep. And yeah, everywhere I read said that in this pocket, the Sami peoples and the... Christian Norwegians that lived there and were their neighbors, they pretty much like got along great with one another. They didn't fight. They didn't have any beasts with one another. 
So it was outsiders that instigated this, essentially. Yes. Awesome. In fact, a new law against sorcery and witchcraft was issued after the Union of Denmark and Norway. A law that was announced to the town of Finnmark in 1620, just three years after the boating disaster. John Cunningham, who was made governor of Finnmark in 1619, would use this law to preside over 52 witch trials during his 32-year reign as governor. Yeah, that's too long to be governor. Sorry. Yeah, he was governor until he died. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Never heard of retirement. That wasn't a thing yet. That wasn't a thing, apparently. He was probably the only person that wanted the job. Everybody else was like, no, it's cool, bro. I don't want to murder anyone. You keep it. You can do it. Because you're doing such a bang up job there, John. Your hands are already red. Whatever. Yeah, just, yeah. Gross. The people of this time believed that demons and devils could travel on the wind. And Vardo was home to fierce and bitterly cold winds that conjured up snowstorms. It's believed that Satan wandered this area and that witches had the power to conjure poor weather fog, whirlwinds, thunder, and lightning. Basically evil versions of Thor. I'm sorry, but like, if you were a witch and you lived there, wouldn't you not want those things to happen all the time at your house? Yeah, wouldn't you want nicer weather? Yeah, like I would assume that if you were a witch, you would make it so it wouldn't be super windy and bitterly cold and awful. Like rain, I could see. Because rain could be beneficial and like thunder if you just wanted to like, I don't know, electrocute things one up of the, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> lightning bolt one of the shitty kids in your neighborhood. I don't know. But that, that just seems counterintuitive. I think if you would have power like that, you'd want good things instead of evil. But I suppose if, if you truly live in that area and it's that bad all the time, you, you would want to blame it on something and not just nature itself. It's not my fault I live here. It's yep. going to be Satan. <laughs> yep. And I just think it's hilarious that they think Satan would live somewhere where it's like balls cold. Right? <laughs> this is nice. This is nice. I like this here. He was getting ice water for the people of hell. He was. He was like, I know just the place, you guys. <laughs> BRB. I'll be right back. <laughs> the idea of women being witches also stemmed from the fact that the women were often left alone for long periods of time while their husbands were out fishing. And being alone, of course, they were slutting it up with demons. Yep. Makes sense. If you're going to commit adultery, go all in. Yep. Devils and demons. Yep. Tales of the witches of Norway spread far and wide, with the mountain of Domen being home to massive witch sabbaths. Domen was said to be home to the entrance of hell itself. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just got a home is where you hang your horns sign. <laughs> right. Walk on in. Just follow the burned hoof prints in the snow. You'll know where it follow is. the streams. The women accused of consorting with Satan told tales of a long black valley that held a dark lake at its base. It's believed that demons and devils entered the world of man from this mountain, traveling around Europe to spread harm and illness, as well as do Satan's bidding. That would fall in line with the Krampus, wouldn't it? A little bit, only the Krampus. 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 He worked with Santa and he was all like, I love naughty children. I'm going to put them in this basket after whipping them. And then I'm going to torture and eat them. So maybe... Maybe that's where he, like, his summer home. Yeah, I was just going to say he vacationed at the lake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After a very exhaustive day. He was like, peace out, Santa. It's time for me to go back to Doman and uh, 
chill out with Satan for a little while. Yeah. Get my lake on. My Gotta black tan. lake. <laughs> Gotta tan my hide. <laughs> so what made you a witch? You could be convicted for casting spells on domesticated animals, poisoning mm-hmm. food, casting spells on people, causing death via disease, meeting with Satan, attending a gathering that included drinking and dancing or card games. Heaven forbid you have fun when your husband go in. Damn. Yep. Or if you visited Doman Mountain. Okay, so don't be outdoorsy. Don't cook for your children or family. Don't try to heal your children with modern medicine. Don't cough or sneeze. I feel like a lot of these could have been solved with the modern day mask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that we're drawing parallels or anything, but fine. Just like you, uh, throwing that out you there. You can't see my emotions. I can't talk to you. But I like, can't drink because I had this mask on. Man, the food thing is what gets me because like spoiled food, just, it was just a thing. Like... Well, and I feel like if you're in a seaside town, how easy would it be to get poisoned by fish? Yeah. Especially if like you had no knowledge of mercury at all or what it does. Like you don't know how hot you need to cook your food. Mm -hmm. And like in the winter too, if even if you're, you have like root vegetables, they spoil. Mm -hmm. And if you don't cook those right either, ah, it's linked to like schizophrenia and other like disorders well and it's one of those things too where if they had a bunch of hogs and i didn't see anything about them having hogs i saw they had cattle but if you had pigs they didn't know how to cook pigs properly either so you could very easily get the fucking worst worms and stomach diseases from eating Mm -hmm. undercooked pork like yeah this is how i die right (laughs) 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 that's a bummer like because I, I highly doubt there was good food during this time. Oh, like truly not. good food. So you'd always like, that's why everybody died is because like, how dare you feed your children? <laughs> okay, now I'm, I'm showing my ignorance here. Is Norwegian food where they used to use like soap for some of the fish? Like lutefisk? Is that Norwegian? I don't know that, what lutefisk is. Let me check. Because I feel like... Yeah, it's put meat and lye. It's Finnish. It's Finnish. Oh, wait. Yeah. In northern parts of central Norway, southern Norway, it's Norwegian and Swedish Finnish. So it's from that area. So if they were here, let's see. So, yeah, if they were doing like lutefisk and stuff like that, that would I would imagine that wouldn't be so great on your organs either. They said the late Middle Ages. And so honestly, just putting in line. Yeah. The idea Um, of doing that to any food is horrifying. Well, and they say that they they suggested adding ash from the beach or birch in boiling water could speed up the cooking process when it was harder to like keep a fire going. So that alone, uh, like if there if there was like a fungus or something on the birch that you put in the water, uh, like because I doubt they cleaned the fish after they boiled it. So probably not. Yeah, they deaf died because of that. <laughs> <laughs> All speculation, Dang. but even still, would would not want to live or eat there during this time. Yeah, I just don't like gelatinous substances in general. So that's <laughs> especially if it's meat. It's a preference. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The local authorities confided in their connections with a number of Germans and Scots who were already familiar with witch hunts to aid them in ridding Finnmark of witches. 
The first trial took place in 1621 when two women, Mari Jorgensdatter and Shishti Sorensdatter, became the center of the trial. Both were tortured during their interrogation, with Mari confessing on January 21st that the witches were indeed responsible for the storm of 1617. During her confession, Mari claimed that she had been initiated as a witch in December 1620 by the devil himself, with him giving her the witch's brand after biting her between the fingers on her left hand. So I'm wondering if that's some sort of like F you to marriage or something like it's on your ring finger, like between your ring and other middle fingers, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, if I was tortured, I'd eventually like, you know, that you're going to die. Yeah. Like. They're going to kill you either way, whether you confess or not. So you might as well just say something to get it over with. Yeah. After which she transformed into a raven and attended a coven meeting with their leader, Shishti Sorensdutter, who was the Danish wife of a wealthy local merchant named Amish Johansson. A Sabbath meeting was called on Christmas 1620 at the top of Leadhorn Mountain, in which several others from neighboring communities traveled the 1,600 kilometers, or 995 miles for us American yahoos, (laughs) south in the forms of cats, dogs, birds, and sea monsters to avoid being recognized. Honestly, that'd be kind of hilarious that, like, you don't want to be recognized, so you turn into a sea monster (laughs) on Christmas Day. Yep. That's brisk. Yeah. Maybe Nessie is just a Norwegian witch. Maybe. But that was like, oh, shoot, I can't go back. <laughs> I'm going to use these underground tunnels to uh, leave Loch Ness and go party and at this mountain. That's got to be why we can't find her. Yeah. Because she likes going to coven parties at the mountain. Yeah. She just turns back into a human. She's like, sup, guys? Nessie, it's been forever. No, <laughs> <Hello>, girl. <laughs> Another woman named Elsa Knutsdotter was seen in the company of black dogs and cats. So obviously she was a witch and arrested. Dang, you can't even like the color black. Nope. Or animals. So. Right. Yeah, heaven forbid you have pets. She was exposed to the trial by water that we discussed last week, where if you oh. floated, you were considered a witch. But if you drowned, you died as a God-fearing Christian and your soul was saved. <sighs> Well, what if you were like one of the indigenous people? Well, you were automatic- automatically going to be a witch because you were pagan, because you didn't much. have Christian beliefs. Yeah. How dare you have beliefs of your own? So would they like make them, <laughs> would they make them not drown so they wouldn't have a Christian death? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they would consider that some form of like evangelism or conversion. Like, oh, yeah, we saved them, their soul because they drowned. Huzzah! I don't know. Such a shitty test. Ilsa admitted that the witches had taken a fishing rope, which they had tied three times before spitting on it and then untying it. And after the final knot had been released, quote, the sea looked like ashes and people were killed, end quote. Dang. That's referring to the storm. Yeah. Lisbeth Neal's daughter confessed to renouncing God and attending meetings that included drinking, dancing, and casting spells over the ships that traveled by Vardo. So basically Pirates of the Caribbean. Got it. Yep. Checks out. Why is the rum gone? <laughs> Ingeborg Kroge denied allegations that she was a witch, but when she failed the water test, 
she confessed to poisoning a neighbor's fish before being tortured to death. <sighs> yeah. Tortured to death. I'd hate to think of what that was. Are you going to tell me what that was? Um, later. Yeah. Okay. Anna Lars Duter confessed that the devil had tied the tongues of all the witches so that they couldn't confess until they were tried by water. She stated that she'd taken part in the witches' Sabbath outside of Vardo, along with 40 other witches. The Sabbath had taken so much out of her that she'd barely made it home before she had to rise on Christmas morning to start the day. So basically, she'd been at like this. She partied all night. Rager with Satan all night, drinking and playing cards. Must have been a good final day for them, essentially. Seriously. I, I hope if, if it was true that it's like a party at the lake all the time and that they're all going to die and go to the lake house with, with Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> they were just playing like beer pong and... Christmas Day is the only day that they can't party. Mari, along with 10 others, was convicted and burned at the stake in January of 1621. Wow, I Months later, Shishti found herself questioned after returning home from Bergen, where she had apparently stayed following the Christmas Sabbath with Satan. Mm. Anna, along with several others who had previously been questioned, pointed the finger of blame on Shishti as the leader of their little coven. Under torture, Shishti admitted to learning sorcery from an old woman that she wouldn't name. She implicated other locals, such as bailiff Bartel Hendrickson, but none of them were arrested. Because they were men? There were, because one was a man. Yep. Yeah. But none of them were arrested. Because why? Uh, she was burned alive at the stake on April 28th, 1621, and the last victim of the witch trials of 1621. Oh, so they waited a whole new year. Yes. Laurits Brasa claimed in September of 1662, so the next year, mm. that two of his recently deceased servants had been bewitched by Dorte Laurits' daughter, who had been accused of witchcraft back in 1657, but she was acquitted. Yeah. She wasn't a witch a few years ago. Dorta was said to have led four witches that took the shapes of a crow, a dove, an eagle, and a swan before they had opened their wind knots, whatever that is, <laughs> over the sea to cause a boat to sink. Their attempt failed when the crew of the vessel prayed to God and were saved. Yeah. Honestly, I would pray to God, too, if I saw those four birds just, like, hanging out with each other. <laughs> Seriously, I think I'd be most scared of the swan flying above the boat, because those things <laughs> don't typically go anywhere. And if you see a swan flying over you, fuck that shit. Like, yeah, those no, thank are actually you. The, four, the four horsemen. <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs> and the dove. <laughs> An eagle and a swan. A swan. They're coming for you. When you see those birds in formation, uh, the apocalypse is now. That's when you need to run. And get Nicolas Cage and Jake Gyllenhaal and whoever has been in Apocalypse movies. Kill the swan, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just Nick Cage strangling the swan with the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bruce Willis comes out in a tank top and he's like, yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> He rides the bald eagle. He takes the eagle. He converts the eagle so he's no longer a horseman. And Jake Gyllenhaal, the little sweet thing that he is, is just like, come here, dove. Let's hang out. Yeah. Let's go visit my sister. Dresses it up in t-shirts and they live in LA together. And somebody teaches the the raven like dog tricks and it becomes like a service animal. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. Can you imagine a raven as a service animal? <laughs> Every flight ever would be like, oh god, it's your, it's your, your emotional support, raven? Okay, yeah. yes. Everybody prays on that flight. <laughs> with no other evidence, Dorta was soon burned at the stake on November 6th, along with two other women, with two more following shortly after. So burning at the stake was the new thing. Yeah. They didn't do hangings here. They did burnings. Burnings and drownings. Yeah, that was their thing. Yeah. Around Christmas of 1662, two women and two children were accused of witchcraft. Oh, no. Eight-year-old Karin Evishdotter, 12-year-old Baurin Olsdotter, Ingeborg Evishdotter, and Sigri Klokara. All of them were kept in the witch's hole of Vardo Fortress while they were being questioned. I don't know what the witch's hole is, but it doesn't sound great. I want to Google it. Hopefully it's not some weird, like... Sex thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably some sort of like dungeon thing. Yeah. I don't know. Witch's hole is a large pockmark in witch ground in the North Sea to the northeast of Scotland. It's an actual thing. (laughs) It has one five star review. (laughs) (laughs) Tried finding this place but couldn't. Spooky. (laughs) That's all it says. And there's five likes. Nice. It doesn't say what it is, but I'm assuming it was like a a special holding cell for those who were accused of witchcraft because it was in the the fortress that they yeah, had on the. That on makes the, sense that it would be like a like a pit of some sort. I'm picturing some sort of like dungeon area of the fortress. Yeah. Eight year old Karin claimed that three witches disguised as crows had attempted to kill a town official with a needle. <laughs> what? Yeah. So a bunch of crows with needles that be that would be terrifying that would I be would, i would definitely think there was a witch if there was just a bunch of crows with needles <laughs> like, <"Ow!" laughs> i just picture one like carrying a pin cushion and the other ones are just like shiny and they like pick out the needles okay. and they're like, gah, gah. <laughs> like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> what is happening Alfred hitchcock is just like frothing at the mouth of the possibility i'm just picturing it like so you're sitting in your house, like looking out the window, and then the crow flies up, and you're just like, okay. And then another one flies up, and you're like, that's kind of creepy. And then the third one shows up with like a pin cushion, and you're like, that's really weird. And then all of a sudden, they all start pulling out needles, <laughs> and like ram, you're like start ramming your window. Like I hate this now. <laughs> Bye. This is officially the worst thing ever now. <laughs> So uh, bunch of crows with needles. Like, <laughs> who would live here? Not me. <laughs> One of these witches was a maid named Ellen. Ellen was soon arrested and admitted to using sorcery to attack cattle. Is she a vegan? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I would be a vegan too she if I the, had to eat soap fish. She and the crows <laughs> with their pink <laughs> Try to fix this Nick Cage. With needles. <laughs> That's what happened at Skinwalker Ranch. Just a bunch of crows with needles. The mutilations all happened with like crows. They just all came over from Norway. Right. Sigri Klakare and Ellen the Maid were burned at the stake on February 27th, 1663. Yeah. Lake's too cold to drown. 
12-year-old Maurin, whose mother and aunt had previously been accused of sorcery and executed, claimed that Satan had given her a tour of hell. She claimed that the great water in the Black Valley would boil when Satan blew fire upon it through an iron pipe, which tormented the unfortunate men and women who were trapped floating in its water, and they would screech like cats. She'd also attended a Sabbath on Domen, or Witch Mountain, as she called it, where Satan had played on his red violin and fed the witches a meal of eel before personally escorting each of them home. Like a gentleman. I mean, at least he's nice in the moment. (laughs) Until you die. And then he's, like, really not nice. He's like, I'm going to play you this song that I wrote for you ladies, and I'm going to give you some devil fish, a.k.a. eel, to tide you over. And then I'm going to make sure you all get home okay. Yes. That's how I roll. Yeah. Just your neighborhood Satan. Make sure you get home okay. (laughs) The best hinge date in Norway. Yep. Maurin also pointed an accusing finger at Ingeborg Krog and a woman named Barbara. (laughs) Oh, no, not Barbara. (laughs) And Barbara from Vadse. She claimed that they had followed her into hell in the form of doves. Barbara was burned to death along with four other women on April 8th, 1663. Okay, so just a side note, just because I hate morning doves, I bet they were all morning doves. Probably. Like the worst type of dove. Yeah, I don't think they were probably like the Jesus doves. No. They were the ones that go... Like, that's why they wanted to murder all of them. (laughs) They followed her into hell and Satan's like, what is this shit? Hell no. no. I didn't invite these bitches down here. What the fuck? (laughs) Ravens with the needles attack. (laughs) I hate, God, I hate morning doves so much. I have a couple that hang out in my backyard and every time I see them, I want to be like, I wish I had a cat that I could release onto you because I hate you. It's so annoying. Like three in the morning. They don't even wait for the sun to rise. They're just like, I'm up. You should be up too. (laughs) Check out my song. (laughs) This is my greatest hit. Here's my new (laughs) mixtape. It's fire. (laughs) It makes you want to set me on fire. Oh no. Full circle. (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Oh no, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry, Barbara. Yes, you did. I'm sorry, Barbara. Ingeborg was tortured, including the famous trial by water, and she continuously Mm -hmm. proclaimed her innocence of the crimes laid against her. She was cut with a burning iron and even had sulfur placed on her chest before she eventually died from the torture she'd been subjected to. Honestly, I'd rather just like try to drown at that point. Yeah, I try to just let it happen. Yeah, the fjord is no longer super fun. No. Sounding. Ingeborg Evishdotter confessed that she had transformed into a cat and traveled to Kiberg, where she, Sigri, and 12-year-old Maurin had wine with Satan and had gotten wasted after breaking into a basement. <laughs> Satan just sounds like the world's douchiest Tinder date. He sounds like um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's character from Deus and Confused. Something I'm thinking of. And he's just like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's go drink this wine, 12 year old. <laughs> I know a great basement we should break into, you guys. All right. They got, all right. They got beats, bears, and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> you don't know what, what? that is yet. Shh. <laughs> Shh. All right. That's all right. <laughs> Ingeborg 
implicated a woman named Salve Neal's daughter, who confessed to attending a Sabbath on Christmas of 1621 with several other witches who took the forms of cats and dogs. They all drank and danced with Satan, who himself took the form of a black dog at the Sabbath that took place on Dove Raphael Mountain in southern Norway. So they had traveled like super far to this different mountain. Honestly, like how cool would it be if you were just like walking by and you just saw a bunch of dogs and cats dancing for no reason in a mountain? (laughs) That would be pretty amazing. I imagine like the Charlie Brown dancing. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of dogs and cats dancing and like drinking some dark water. It seems just a giant dog. <laughs> He's playing the violin. <laughs> it was a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> I want that on a t shirt. Charlie Brown Chris is just a bunch of like devil cats and dogs. <laughs> yeah. Dog Satan playing a violin. <laughs> the Christmas, Christmas of 1621. The right. best. Right. <laughs> Season's greetings from Dovrefiel. <laughs> Margareta Johan's daughter confessed to visiting Dolmen on St. John's Eve, where she danced, drank, and played cards with Satan in 1663. Salve Neil's daughter, Margareta Jon's daughter, and two other women were burned on March 20th, 1663. Yeah, just a side note, since I've noticed that like some people transform into animals and some people don't, does Satan encourage furries? I think <laughs> he's probably like, you know, it'd be a lot easier to move around if you were a cat or a dog, which wouldn't look out of place. In a place where I'm sure cats and dogs kind of free range. Yeah. As opposed to being like, I'm going to take the form of a bear. (laughs) Just like (laughs) random bears, like running around, going to the mountain. There were sea monsters that one time. That's true. I wonder if after that he was like, you guys need to tone it down. Yeah. There's too many morning doves in this area. People are getting suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) There can only be like two taps. Nessie was never invited back to the party ever again. <laughs> That's why she stayed in office. He was like, girl, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> June 25th, 1663, saw the trials of the last accused witches, Magdalena, no known last name, okay. Yertruda Evish daughter, and her daughter, Shishtin Sorzen's daughter, and Rungnild Inst's daughter. Okay, those are the last ones? Yes. All claimed that Maurin, the 12-year-old, oh, no. had made up her confessions after Anna Raudius, the town doctor's wife, had visited them in jail and threatened to torture all of them. Mm. So they said that the, somebody's wife threatened the 12-year-old, and that's why she made up the story. Yeah. Like, she that had threatened to torture them, and she was like, no, 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 I'll make up, I'll, I'll tell the story, you know, how I went to hell, and Satan was like, welcome it's like cribs, it's like MTV cribs. Mm-hmm. Satan's like, check out my crib. And this <sighs> is this is my lake where I torture people after I blow this super cool iron pipe. Woo! <laughs> Eels. Listen to the screaming cats. <laughs> Thankfully, that makes sense. Magdalena, Yertruda, and Rungnild were freed, and Ingeborg, Evish daughter, and three other children of witches were acquitted that June due to their age. So none of the children were burned alive. 
were murdered or put on the stake. That's really good. Because this whole time I've, I've been like on edge yeah. for that. Like a- after they accused an eight-year-old, I was like, oh God. Yeah. So none of the children were burned at the stake. Okay. It's a very, very small silver lining, but. Maureen found herself sent to a workhouse in Bergen. Oh no. So it didn't say how long she was there, but uh, probably wasn't not, good. Not a good life for a kid. No. Anna Raudius, the doctor's wife, who was a piece of shit, lived in exile in northern Norway until she died in 1672. Good. No eel for you. Yeah. And it wasn't just Norwegian women that were tried and executed. Between 1621 and 1663, 150 people were executed for sorcery, with most of the women being of Norwegian descent, while all the men who were executed were members of the Sami nation. Of course. Of the 150 executed, 80 women were burned at the stake on a patch of land not far from the fortress. So they basically had to look at the place where they had been held and tortured as they were burned to death. Awesome. Great. More men and women were accused of witchcraft after 1663, such as Sinovi Johannes Dutter, who was convicted in 1678 of casting a spell on a goat, as well as causing Amish Jensen's death. And I think she and one other person whose name I could not find were the last two people to be executed for witchcraft in Norway. After this, a monument was unveiled by Norway's Queen Sonia on June 23rd, 2011. Just a few years after. Just a few years after, you know, no big deal. Yeah. The Stelnesa Memorial is dedicated to the 91 witches that were executed in Vardo and built where the execution site was believed to be. Wow. It's actually, I saw several pictures of it when I was researching this, and it's a super cool looking memorial. It's like a building that you can go into. There are 91 plaques that include whatever information has survived, has survived about each of the different women who were accused and executed for witchcraft. Nice. It's built in such a way where it's like kind of on a hillside. So it's really windy. And the building is built in a way where it like moves with the wind. Oh, that's kind of cool. And the floor is kind of open. So then like in the spring and summer, like some of the the native grass grows in between the planks. So it kind of feels. And then there's an area at the end of it that has three mirrors around uh, fire. So when you walk into the space, it makes you feel as if you are being burnt alive. So you kind of have this sense of understanding what that would have been like. Yeah. So it's... I wonder how many influencers have gone there. Seriously. I will include pictures of it because it's really cool looking. Obviously, the the reason that it's there is super shitty, but yeah. the memorial itself is, I think... It's nice that they, were, they acknowledged that experience with that. Yep. I think it's it sounds like a very beautiful tribute to these people who did not deserve to be executed. No. Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical, that'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the Dumbfounded Pod and on Twitter at TDFDPod. And remember, think ahead, don't be dumbfounded. On that note, this week's podcast plug is the Dumbfound Dead podcast. Yay! 
from our boys, John and Patrick. And the whole premise of this show is really funny and a bit ridiculous because it goes into the ways that people end up dead, like thank the Darwin Awards. Yeah. And they've covered everything from like people dying during and after sex or like animals causing their deaths. People dying in a meeting. Crows with needles. <laughs> crows with needles. Hey, that's that's a request. Find find the death with crows with needles. <laughs> you hear that, John? <laughs> People dying at like amusement parks and like a whole other slew strange and bizarre ways that people have passed on. And Sounds really interesting. For each story that they do, they end it with like a ridiculous pun. Oh, funny. So if you really love hearing great puns and ridiculous stories that will make you question how any of us are still alive, (laughs) then you should really check out the Downfound Dead podcast. And I will include a link in the show notes. Awesome. And this week's question is from Mark. Mark, what kind of question do you have, Mark? He wants to know, has murder always been a crime and illegal? And does that matter for how you interpret ye old crimes in their proper historic context? Mark, you made this hard. I don't know. I think it's important to, like, regardless of whether or not it was a crime and illegal at the time, I think it's important to look back at some of these really atrocious events in history or, like, some of the more ridiculous ones and really kind of look at it from a modern lens of, like, I'm really glad that eventually they figured out this wasn't okay and stopped it actively. But I think it is interesting to like look at the fact that they used to try to evict bugs and like figure out that that didn't work. And so then like, I'm assuming pesticides were like the next option. I don't know. I, that is a really great question. What are your thoughts? I'm assuming that murder in some respect has always been illegal. If you go all the way back to like the Bible. Yeah. Thou shall not kill. But then you have to think about it too. Like, are some instances of murder okay because they're self-defense and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of the crimes that we cover, I would say that murder is usually done in some way because there's, there's something they're gaining from it, which yeah. to me is like generally not okay. Generally not okay. Like yeah. murdering somebody because you want the insurance money because mm-hmm. You have all this insurance taken out on your seven children and you have an expensive lifestyle and you'd rather not have children or work. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of the lens that I'm going with is if the crime was done in such a way where the person committing the crime benefits from the other person's death in some fashion or form. That okay. Yeah. So what's something good you'd like to share? <laughs> um, actually, one something that's good is I had a tail light out and I had my car checked out earlier this winter and I needed to change the cabin air filter and the engine air filter. And so on a whim, I just looked it up, like how easy or difficult it would be to to do on my own. And it seemed relatively easy. So today on a nice sunshiny day, I was able to successfully change out all three items. And I am very not handy at all. And so I just felt really good. 
that I was able to do that and do it on my own. So that's a good thing. I'm really proud of that. Thank you. Dad said that his dad and our mom's mom would be proud. And I was like, thanks. That's really awesome. Because it's really, uh, it's really easy to change them, which makes me angry at like how much money I spent having somebody just unscrew six screws. Yeah. And put something in. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, like there's two things I can't do that I will be going to a dealership or shop for. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad I was able to do those myself. It's something I think I'll do in the future too. So yeah, I learned to skill. Good job. Skill unlocked. <laughs> what about you? What's a good thing this week? Um, one good thing that happened this week that I'm also a little annoyed by <laughs> is I received a package in the mail from my work. Okay. Which I love getting things in the mail. So I was very excited because I was like, unexpected package? What? <laughs> but it says, do not open until March 17th at 2 p.m., which means I can't open it. For another two weeks until our meeting that we're having. So now I really want to know what's in the box. Right. Like I'm having a, se- be- a seven moment and I'm like, is there a head in there? Like what right. is in this box? <sighs> oh my God. What if it's a hamster and it's dead by the time you open it? <laughs> I don't so, think my work would be like, I'm going to send a live animal. Dubs. Oh my God. It's like dead morning doves. And they're like, we heard you. <laughs> Best work ever. <laughs> so weird. That's strange. Yeah. I'm very I'm assuming ex- it's something good, like rebranding or something fun there. I'm thinking because my work... Here's a mug. Because my work is still 100% remote right now. And mm-hmm. one of the teams that I work with has been 100% remote since COVID started. And yeah. each month we try to have these kind of get-together meetings where people can just kind of like actually see each other's face. Yeah. For the first time in a month and just like talk about stuff and hang out, hang out. Like it's the first part of the meeting is obviously like an actual meeting, like going over yeah. what's been going on with the company. But then the second half is more like fun stuff. So I'm assuming yeah. this has something to do with that meeting this month. And it has to do with whatever fun stuff we're going to do with the meeting. Yeah, because it would be probably officially a year on the 17th. Because I think I started my work from home 100 percent on like the 15th or something. I started mine because I went to Canada the first week of March yeah. and that's when COVID started. And then, yeah, my my work from home, I think, officially started on the 14th of March. It was the, the third week yeah. of March because the second week of March when I was in the office, everyone was kind of like preparing for it. Yeah. Doing the whole like, are we going to work from home? Are we going to thing? Yeah. And then at the time, and I should make fun of my one of my bosses for this. She was like, oh, just bring home what you need and we'll I'll see you in two weeks. LOL. 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 You are the worst at predicting things. <laughs> like, Don't I should buy a lottery. <laughs> I should send her a note and be on like the year anniversary and be like, it's been a great two weeks. I'm so glad <laughs> to see you again. It's so nice <laughs> seeing you again. <laughs> see you. See you in two weeks. <laughs> in two weeks. She'll be like, yeah. you're a little shit. Anyway, she'll laugh it off because she's she's cool like that. But that's good. Anyway, let's shut her down. All right. I'm ready. You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. We are on YouTube. There is a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You can also find it by searching for Yield Crime Podcast. You should subscribe to it because we don't have a whole lot of subscribers right now. And that makes me sad. Guilt, guilt, guilt.
We have a P.O. box. We do. That you can send us things to. Mm-hmm. And we can send you things from it. You can write to us yes. at Yield Crime Pod at P.O. Box 341, Wyoming, Minnesota. I realize what how weird that is. 55092. It is a real place. It's a city so great, it named it after another state. So <laughs> I wish that was their motto. I wish it was too. They did finally change the sign, so it's not in papyrus anymore. Thank oh, God. thank God. I was just going to talk about how signs in papyrus. Oh my it's God. It's got like the Oregon Trail horse. It's got like the Wells Fargo wagon on it and it's in papyrus and yeah, it's horrible. It's a mess. But they have started changing it around town, so thank God. Okay. This is the year. This is the year that the papyrus goes away. <laughs> Everything's coming up Wyoming. <laughs> and going down papyrus. Yeah. You can email us yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of emailing us, that's a great way that you could send us your reviews what? for our review contest this month. <laughs> Leave us a five-star rating and review and send us a screenshot to be entered mm-hmm. into our March Madness giveaway. We have an amazing prize pack of merch with an exclusive design that won't be available in our store, including other fun goodies, mm-hmm. including something that we made by Maddie and something that'll be made by me. So and it'll have our hair in it, so you could do witchcraft. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it'll probably have lots of animal hair all over it. You're it welcome. Has human, it has a human tooth. We don't know which one. <laughs> Whose tooth is it? <laughs> gross. Sorry, everybody. So please, gross. Please, please enter the contest. We won't send you teeth. We won't send you teeth. <laughs> if you have already left us a review, you can still enter the giveaway. Just send us a screenshot and Mm -hmm. you will be entered into the giveaway. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't enter if they've already given us a review. We will still take your reviews. Yep. Just send us a picture of it. Speaking of reviews, this five-star review comes from Al Ike 78 from Apple Podcasts. They say, interesting and fun. I binged, quote unquote, the first two episodes and I'm hooked. I can't wait to hear more. That's so nice. Thank you. This is an older review because it was from mid-June, but like when we first started. <laughs> but I'm glad that they stuck with it. Yeah. And I think I actually know who this is now that oh, I'm reading it. Nice. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Buy Me a Coffee. Give us a mm-hmm. one-time donation. Or you can join us on a monthly basis on Patreon for as low as a dollar a month to get ad-free early access to our episodes. We also have a five, 10 and $15 tiers that will get mm-hmm. you extra content. You can also support us by purchasing merch and there merch. will be a sale. Sale, sale, sale. There will actually be two sales the week this episode comes out Whoa. from March 10th through the 12th. Everything in the store will be 35% off nice. as well as a special sale on pie day on the 14th. Oh, we should make a pie shirt. Oh God, with a raven coming out with a needle in its mouth. <laughs> I just want it to be like a raven holding a needle and it's like riding pie or something <laughs> it, on it. It's got a blueberry on it. Oh, happy pie day. Yeah, Maybe we'll blueberry. do that. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. You don't know. Maybe you'll have to check our store and see. Oh, there you Full there circle. <laughs> I did add two new designs since our last episode. We have mm-hmm. a design from one of our bonus episodes of Can You Crack the Cramp Word? Mm-hmm. And also an illustration of the infamous Aqua Tofana from our Juliana Tofana poisonous episode. Yeah. 
So check those out. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Maddie. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime.